Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk, your podcast all about bringing you a little bit of inspiration, just what you need on a Monday morning, especially the first Monday of October. And I'm so excited to have with me Gretchen Bridgers from Always a Lesson. She's actually my first podcast guest that is not an SLP, not an SLPA, or a special educator. So Gretchen, welcome to the show (laughs) and tell us a little bit about you, your educational background, history, all the fun stuff. Thank you so much for asking me to come on. This will be a unique spin. I think it's going to be helpful for everyone listening. So my journey is a little unique in the fact that I always knew I wanted to become a teacher, but I didn't really have the guidance to get there. And I was really under supported as a teacher. I mean, I had an assigned mentor, which many of us do, and they didn't have enough time to really pour into me, especially when it comes to students that need additional support other than what's provided by the curriculum. I had to figure a lot out on my own. And I think that's why I developed this passion for helping teachers because I knew what I had needed. So I just wanted to become what I wish I had had. And so I mentored teachers, I had student teachers, I helped create our new teacher support program. I wrote a book for new teachers. Then I started getting questions from people who were leading teachers. And I thought, that's different. I never thought about teaching teacher leaders like coaches and curriculum support folks. And the list goes on and on. And so I I started training them. And that developed into doing PD nationwide. And now I host all these masterminds with other teacher leaders. And it's just kind of snowballed into whoever needs 
to help so that teachers have what they need to be successful because we know that snowballs into students being successful. And so I've just been honored each new rung that comes and I add it to my ladder and I say to myself, I had no idea this was coming. That's the fun part about being a teacher and every new wave and every new adventure. Um, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's awesome. That's really awesome that you saw a need in yourself and you provided, you know, you started providing a little and you like so many other people were inspired by what you were doing. And you're able think of all the students you're now able to reach and all those new teachers that didn't have that guidance because you're training the mentors. That's so cool. So, That's so what, exactly right. And that hit me because I felt so much guilt leaving the classroom because I didn't leave education. I just left my own classroom and I thought I was giving up on my kids. And I worked with the neediest population for the longest time. And so I just felt tremendously greedy, I guess, for wanting something else for myself to grow in a new way. But it wasn't until someone said, no, now you have a bigger impact because you help this teacher who has 20 plus kids and this teacher who has 20 plus kids. And they, you're multiplying who you can help. You're actually doing something selfless. And I was like, Hey, I kind of like this. So it made me help, you know, help me through that transition. And like you said, I'm just able to help teachers who then help students. That's so cool. And over the years and over the, all the people you've met and trained, have you found there's been a common theme, a common challenge where they all seem to bring up? I think the common theme is about personalizing instruction. Anything that goes beyond the one size fits all is where the trap is. Like their schools have prepared them for just the basics and then their their mentorship and student teaching help prepare them for, you know, classroom management and engagement strategies. But when it comes to having a child who is out of the norm and who needs a little additional assistance, they're like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know who to go to. I don't even know what questions to ask. I don't know how to write a lesson plan that will help them. I'm so overwhelmed. Like they, you know, they immediately spiral. But what it is, is every student in your class needs something unique. So stop thinking it's just this Johnny over here who keeps blurting out or Sally over here who needs a word wall or whatever the issue is. Everyone needs you to tailor your lessons to make them more successful. And so the best piece of advice is get to know your kids so you know exactly what it is they need. And then when you sit with your lesson plan, you tweak it and change it so there's some additional support for everybody. And yes, there are some students that are going to need more than the average. And yes, some students need you to go outside the classroom and have some support services. But that doesn't mean that you need to be overwhelmed or that you should just not serve them. I mean, there is a happy medium, but it's all in your perspective. It's so true. And on the flip side, us as SLPs in the schools, we are always that bad cop where Teachers come to us saying, just test this kid, they need special ed. And we're like, hold up, what have you tried? And they say, I don't have time for that. <laughs> right? We need to find that way to, for us to present this to them, that there has to be that happy medium, that you do have time. What advice would you give us since we are that bad cop presenting, <laughs> tell, telling the teachers, hold up, <laughs> before we jump to evaluations, we need more information. We need you to try some stuff. Well, first for me, speaking for me as a teacher in my own shoes, I didn't know what was even in the building to help me with any type of support for anybody else. So I would have loved my administration 
to sit down with us at a staff meeting and say, here's your support services. This person does this, this person does this. And then I'm like, okay, now I have a face. I see you walking the building. I see you working with kids, but like, I don't know what that means. And I don't even know your name. And I don't know why I would need to know your name, right? And then once I know, okay, what options are there, now I know what to look for in my students because I know that there is this backup group that can help if I need it. And whether they personally take over for me or they just give me ideas for things to try, but at least I now have a resource. And and so once I know what's available, then I need to know the process. So whether each one just says, hey, in a nutshell, if someone is standing out to you because they're struggling, here's questions you should ask yourself, or here's a checklist that you can do kind of your own little evaluation, or here's a reference guide, something where I know where to start. And then instead of everyone in the support services realm having to answer a million emails with the same question, it can be some sort of protocol that, okay, you've gone through phase one of the teacher trying to figure out, do I need to go and reach out to this person or do I, can I just solve it through some of my own interventions? And then it allows the people that I'm asking for help much more time to prioritize the kids that really need it rather than getting flooded by all these false alarms. So I would say those two things would have been really helpful for me to know who I need to go to and what are the initial steps to get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. I know in like, you know, my building alone, everyone assumes everything and everyone has their own different perspective and answer. And there's too many cooks in the kitchen sometimes yeah. or, or lack thereof. It's one or the other. Um, and that's when people get frustrated and just say, just help my student, help me, where hold up, let's have the system in place and a clear expectations, not fuzzy expectations of what yeah. needs to be done first. And what are some strategies you give teachers that are saying, okay, so Johnny and Sally are struggling. And, and I'm going to go with, you know, things that us as SLPs see. Okay. I'm not talking reading. I'm not going to talk, you know, math or writing. More challenging in the comprehension piece, okay? So Johnny is answering questions and he's still struggling with summarizing. He's still struggling with all those basic comprehension things. And he can decode. He's, he's past that. What would you tell them if when they say he's still, he's not getting it? It's, it's like he's not even paying attention. Well, when I first started helping students, I was horrible with data. I hated it. I just wanted to help people. And I felt like I had this gut reaction and my gut was right. But there's never a paper trail of things I was trying, things I was noticing. And so I was no help when I would ask someone else to come in and assist me because they say, what have you tried? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't like write it down. And they're looking at me like, well, how are we going to partner together? We literally have to start over. And so I would just tell teachers if something is seeming off or you see a gap, like they perform well written, but then when it comes to oral, there's like a disconnect or you see that they're struggling to get their ideas out, but then in their writing, it's just like wonderful. I would say start tracking on just a piece of paper, the date, what you're noticing, what's happening, and then what you've tried. So maybe you ask them to tell you, and then you repeat it back. And then they confirm like, yes, this is what I meant, or I did whatever, whatever your strategy is. And then when you ask for help from support services, they can say, this is a great thing. Here are trends I'm seeing, or here's something I want you to try next. But at least you have a starting point. And the data is so important. It doesn't need to be achievement scores, which is what I was convinced data was. It just needs to be some sort of tracking of behaviors. So we can start 
eliminating potential issues and start targeting certain behaviors. So true. So what kind of tips and advice would you give educators and speech pathologists, whoever, if you have a student struggling with a topic or something they've read, helping them break it down and get that student to see if, if some little bit of scaffolding can assist them versus saying they can't do it? First, I highly suggest asking yourself, what are you really seeing? What, what is happening? Why do you think that's happening? And if you don't have enough answers to even answer that question, then you can have a quick one-on-one with the child. I mean, not right there in the moment, but you're going to say, okay, sometime throughout today, I want to stop and talk to this child and just say, hey, I noticed that you were struggling a little bit today. What was going on? Oh, I have all these thoughts in my head and I can't get it out or whatever. And now you have additional information to go on, but I don't think teachers talk enough to the kid, to the source to say, what are you feeling? I feel anxious when it's my turn to talk, or I'm struggling to find other words to tell you what I know, or whatever the aspect is, or I, in my head, I, I understand, but when it comes time to tell you or write it to you, I just can't. So I think we need more clues from the students. That would be my first suggestion. And then when it comes time for prompting, you could stick something in the corner of the student's desk that really walks them through kind of like who, what, where, when, why, so that they can formulate this answer that's thorough enough to help you figure out where is the disconnect happening. So whether it's those prompts or or some other question cues that they can have on their desk that help them formulate their thoughts, and then you can decide, is this too little support? Do I need something more? But at least it's a place to start. And and maybe on there too are frequent words that they could use. Like you were talking about summarizing or, you know, other grade level words that you really want to have them utilize to describe their thoughts. Like an individual word wall on their desk, some kind of thing. That way they're not feeling like, okay, I have to turn around and look at the word wall and everyone's going to be looking at me, looking at the word wall. You know, so the more you can just make it um, non-threatening, the greater likelihood and, and success rate you'll have. Mm-hmm. So true. And you find often, because that's something I find, where a lot of my students, they might be starting to grasp some critical thinking skills. Sometimes the questions are just so wordy and challenging, yeah. where it seems like they don't understand. But if it was just simplified a little bit, they can demonstrate what they know. Yeah. And I think it's not just students that struggle academically. I think students in general need you to take a big concept and break it down. And so what a teacher could do is say, I know where I want to get my kids. This is the answer I want them to be able to give by the end of the lesson. How can I get them to give me little breadcrumbs that lead them to that final answer so they could string them all together? And so maybe you have a graphic organizer and it's like one portion of the big question Okay, build on that, the next portion that utilizes that first answer, and now we're building on more. So by the end of the lesson, everyone now has that perfect answer, but they built up to it. And some kids won't need that support, but I think it's a great tool for all students until you exactly know who needs what. Mm -hmm. So true. And I find like my students sometimes need even more than that because I know teachers in my school use clear for claim. So it's like, oh, yeah. So it's like the claim, the evidence, and the reason. And they give them that graphic organizer, but they don't even know how to get started in each individual section. Right. I'm like, okay, we need like a sentence starter or like a closed sentence something in that graphic organizer. And I'm often having to tell my teachers, we need to give a little bit more than just the graphic organizer. Like that, the graphic organizer is for like 
like the masses, like sometimes students need a little bit more guidance of what you even are wanting. Yeah, I think guided notes are the best way to find out. Do you need a little bit more? Do you need a little bit less? And so maybe start everybody out with guided notes that are maybe filled in halfway. And then you can tell based on, okay, some kids I'm giving too much help. They, they don't need that, that much. Oh, so, some need additional. And then you can make different versions of it. That way everyone gets what they need. But I guess that's my point is it's not always the ones that are struggling. Your ones that are excelling might need additional services too. And you have to know how to take this one lesson and personalize it for everyone who's in front of you. But you can't do that till you know your kids until you're able to prompt them along to get them to be successful. So true. We need to inspire and motivate our teachers when they come to us, you know, about these cases and be doing ED throughout the year so that our teachers are aware of different strategies that they can be doing to help get their students to where they need to be and to have that data for us when we need it. Yeah. And I think if you approach it, like you are already doing these things, you're just not realizing that you are. And so you can show them, Hey, you guys know this graphic organizer you've been using? Let me just tweak it a bit. Boom, two seconds. Now I've got something for this child and something for the majority. Done. And they're like, okay, I can wrap my head around this quick solution. Okay, I see what she's trying to get me to do to add another layer of support. And then you can always remind them, if you are noticing you need more help, email me, come talk with me and bring your data sheet. Okay. Have a great meeting. You know, it doesn't have to be this long drawn out thing, Mm -hmm. but I think the quick reminders, maybe even a newsletter is the way to do it, but to show teachers what the supports look like and how easy they are. Cause I think they have assumed it's overwhelming and it's too much work and it's not. Mm -hmm. And I love that, that philosophy that like every student can benefit from it. So don't think they have to do this extra thing for that one student. And, you know, what am I going to do with my other 29 of them? Yeah. For all of them, they can all benefit from it. So what other tips and strategies would you give teachers in this, you know, for us to relate to teachers feeling like a little stuck and unsure where to turn? This might sound like an odd answer, but when we were learning to do running records, our, I can't remember whoever, maybe our facilitator, she acted it out with us. She was a child reading and we were there doing a running record. And I thought, how meaningful was this practice session? So if you could add that to your strategy of getting teachers to maybe they are the student who's struggling and you're showing them like, isn't this frustrating for you that you're trying to communicate what you need and the teacher's not really taking an interest or maybe flip it and you show how successful it can be when you really get to know your kids, like put us in the scenario so we can connect and feel what it's like to really serve a student in a way that they need it. And I think that will go a long way rather than some announcement. I love that. I love it. I love all these tips and ideas and I plan on definitely using them. So I hope you guys are going to be using this with, you know, some, I don't want to say reluctant coworkers or teachers, but teachers <laughs> giving a little bit more of that, wanting to go that extra step for us when, we're, when they want to stay like, just evaluate, just evaluate. Because we all know that our students can benefit from those tier one strategies first. And sometimes they don't And even students that we're working with, our teachers can benefit from these. And not just the ones, I'm not even beyond the ones that are like before they get classified. Once our students that are already classified and working with us, these are some strategies that they should also be doing in the classroom to 
piggyback off of what we're doing in the speech therapy room or closet or teletherapy. That's so true. (laughs) I don't know if y'all have bulletin boards, but I think student artifacts would be very helpful in a very busy hallway of wherever teachers are going, maybe the workroom. So let's go back to that graphic organizer example. If that was up there and we saw a student's work sample, we're like, oh, I mean, that's all I have to do is like, that with the sentence prompts inside the graphic organizer I'm already using, I think that visually helps teachers see what it takes and that it's, it doesn't have to be this extravagant thing. And like I said, when you said the word data, I just shut down because I thought it was like all these tests and it doesn't have to be. It's just like anecdotal notes. Like mm-hmm. I just think we got to change some of the thoughts and fears around additional support. I love that. So, so true. Thank you so much, Gretchen. This was so helpful. I know that so many of my listeners are going to be taking this to their teachers and into their practice to help support their students. And I mean, our ultimate goal as speech language pathologists is carry over into the classroom. So the more that we can train our teachers to do the strategies that we're doing, but I love having the mindset of a teacher, right? Giving us these ideas, not just us saying like, you guys should. And they say to us, like, what do you guys know? You have five students in your closet. (laughs) So that's the kickback we always get. Like, what do you guys know? You don't have 30 kids all day. And we're like, yeah, we we don't. But we also are, you know, trying to help you out here. So thank you so, so much. Tell everyone where they can learn more about you and find you and connect with you. Well, thanks for the opportunity to share the teacher perspective. I think it's important for us to understand one another. Y'all can find me at alwayslesson.com. My social media is all across the top. Get on my newsletter or just read the blog, listen to the podcast, whatever you want. I'd just be happy to hear from you. Thank you so, so much for inspiring us and giving us that jolt of inspiration we need (laughs) on a Monday morning. And I always end my episodes with a joke since I love using jokes in my speech therapy room since it builds vocabulary and social skills and builds that rapport. So the joke of the week, what did the stamp say to the envelope? Stick with me and we will go places. That's cute. But I'm ching. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Gretchen. And everyone, stay out of trouble. This school year is anything but normal. And if you are anything like me, you're finding yourself searching the internet, teachers pay teachers, social media more than ever for answers, inspiration, and guidance during this crazy time. I have found myself learning platforms that I never thought I would need in my professional life as an SLP in the schools between Google Classroom, Google Meets, Zoom. I mean, I am hybrid. I am virtual. I am in person. I am everything. And and I bet all of you are somewhere in between or all of the above as well. And if you are like me and looking for inspiration, motivation and want to be surrounded by like-minded SLPs who love what they do but are afraid of burning out during these crazy times, make sure you join us on November 7th for a six-hour PD called the Speech Retreat Recharge. You will learn everything from working on WH questions to working with older speech students without the text to working on AAC virtually and so much more. We have guest speakers and uh, raffle prizes and so much fun that it is a PD unlike any other. So head on over to speechretreat.com, learn more and sign up today. You won't regret it. 
Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.